Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and in today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome Harris Kadrispaik as my guest. Harris is head of innovation at LeakTech International, a technology company specialized in high-end membrane solutions. In this episode, Harris will tell us how a Danish company aiming to develop and produce water and air filtration technologies ends up being Nasdaq listed. And what makes silicon carbide a very special material when it comes to membrane technologies. And talking of membranes, Harris will give us three reasons to prefer ceramic over polymer membranes. And he'll reveal how exploring a new market vertical, LeakTech identified a need for a new membrane type, hence their brand new hybrid technology. Finally, you'll see that he shares us a glimpse into the future of membrane treatments. There's a lot of value to unpack in this episode, so we'll kick off our crash course on ceramic membranes in a jiffy right after this. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Hi, Harris. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm glad to have you here. Um, actually, you know, I really enjoyed to start with a postcard, and uh, I think it's the first time that I can start with a postcard from Denmark. So um, what can you tell me about Copenhagen? Copenhagen is a fantastic city. We have a fantastic people, fantastic nature. And for the last 10 years or so, we have also one of the world's best cuisines. Some of the world's most famous restaurants or the ones at least that win all the prizes are here. Noma to be one of them. It's a bit probably unexpected for uh, for this uh, Danish capital to be mecca of the restaurants and food but that's the reality so you wanted to start by by testing how french i am so to see if i'm going to debate with you about what is the best food and uh, but okay <laughs> i'll take that as a postcard i only tend to look at the prices uh, prices and uh, prices of course on these restaurants uh, uh, don't worry i'm not going to any of them <laughs> <laughs> good so Harris, uh, let's start with you actually can you tell us a bit about your background and then we will have a look at what you're doing right now. But I want to know where you're coming from. Uh, well, uh, I have a very colorful background. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm originally from Bosnia and I moved to Denmark at the age of uh, 13 and had a chance to actually learn about this culture from scratch. And I tend to say that I still keep a lot of my Bosnian culture, but then I modified it through years uh, to be a completely Dane with uh, with some more um, flavor to this Danish uh, lifestyle. In professional life, I am a graduate from Copenhagen Business School, so not a uh, typical uh, technical person you'll uh, meet. Even though I started in technical field, I ended up with a commercial background. So I'm trying to combine a lot of different flavors to my day-to-day uh, -day work. That's an interesting one. You know, our industry is full of engineers, which don't do engineering and try to do some business. 
And you are quite of the opposite. You have a business background and you're doing quite technical stuff. How did that happen? I actually wanted to work for the government. I always wanted to work for some sort of government agency. I started my early work days working for the government. And then uh, after my school finished, I found this work in uh, environmental agency. And uh, through the, this environmental agency, I met uh, a couple of people uh, who were working in the area of water treatment and was uh, invited to an interview. I remember now several years later that my boss told me, you know what, uh, this ceramic stuff that you are doing, I'm really quite far from that. And he said, well, don't you worry about ceramics. We'll teach you everything about ceramics. What we need you to do is uh, to keep everything uh, floating, to keep everything organized and to keep uh, innovating. So yeah, that's how I started. But uh, you know what? It went uh, a couple of years later, I was involved in pretty much everything. So so today I'm glad with uh, how things developed. Uh, so I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to to play my strengths here. So you mentioned the ceramics, you mentioned the innovation. I think that leads us to your actual role. So you're head of innovation at LeakTech. So what is LeakTech actually? And a bit further to that, what is LeakTech? I saw that LeakTech is listed in the NASDAQ. So you are a business guy doing technical stuff in a company in the water world, which is listed in the NASDAQ. That sounds like, you know, a unicorn, but a very special unicorn. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it's, as I said, well, well, it's kind of a special place to be. And we are a special type of company, I would say. Uh, well, first of all, about LeakTech. LeakTech is a manufacturer of silicon carbide membrane, for the most part, membrane systems and membrane solutions in general for treatment of wastewater and also exhaust gases. Uh, sometimes uh, people are forgetting that we are also working with diesel particulate filters. That's it's, it's mm -hmm. one, of, one of our businesses. Basically, in our, in, at the wall in our company, it says this is in order to keep water clean and sky blue. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't make it more poetic. But then we uh, have, of course, the whole uh, business spectrum of uh, water treatment, uh, which is we are, of course, providers of silicon carbide membrane and full scale solution systems. And we will help our customers uh, make growth sustainable when it comes to in relation to their profits and the environment. And that's most important. I mean, we are helping companies to achieve green growth. As I said, a good place to be. When it comes to NASDAQ, uh, that's a bit more of a history of the company. We were listed in 2012. Uh, okay. at the New York Stock Exchange. That's where we started. And this became this idea that a water uh, sector is going to be next uh, big growth industry. Maybe some people uh, saw it as a next uh, dot-com boom or some, uh, some sort of uh, place where it's going to be growing and growing. It was, but probably not as much as a lot of people expected, but it still gives us a very sustainable growth. And uh, last year we moved to NASDAQ. And uh, the reason for that is that NASDAQ uh, welcomes more of a technological profile 
of companies and that's where we uh, found out that it's more fit for companies such as ours so if somebody wants to invest in green and not uh, let's say tobacco not to say one bad word about tobacco companies this could be a place and i'm not selling anything here <laughs> <laughs> so that's about the company but what about your your role your head of innovation so what does that cover Well, that covers, uh, well, first of all, I started working with development projects. The development projects, this was in uh, early days uh, of uh, LeakTech, uh, back LeakTech International uh, several years ago. We were actually trying to find this perfect fit for our membrane, not only membrane, actually perfect fit for uh, ceramic material, uh, silicon carbide ceramic uh, material. And we had uh, quite a few different European-funded projects, uh, national-funded projects, in general uh, projects where the, the several uh, different companies, sometimes even competitors, were involved. Uh, that was the original idea for me. And then, um, as time went on, uh, I started looking at uh, different uh, markets for our membrane, different uh, innovative fields, Today, we are working in topics such as uh, microplast removal, just to name something. And also, we are heading towards some other potential candidates, uh, such as uh, chemical industry, uh, industry for gas shift, uh, where membranes are used, but it's not on our current portfolio. Other than that, uh, from a business perspective, uh, I'm also looking at uh, potential markets that could be I'm studying legislation moves from uh, different sectors, um, uh, European Union, for example, and uh, mm -hmm. trying to, to see where this is uh, heading and how we can uh, fit in into these uh, regulations. Because if we face it, uh, if, we, if we are real about uh, our industry it's uh, it's very very dependent on regulation i mean no regulation sure. uh, no membrane companies and no exhaust filters so so what is the latest evolution that you noticed and and, and which is going to trigger something in our industry Uh, well, there is a lot of debate uh, here in Denmark. Let's say let's start with because it's it's easiest to 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 start home. For many years uh, in Denmark, uh, it was taught for everyone from kids to school to to the uh, elderly that. Uh, Water is not treated in Denmark. Uh, there is no water treatment because it's so ultra pure, ultra clean uh, from nature. Uh, okay. We are using, uh, for the most part, we are using groundwater. But sometimes you cannot hide away from the fact that uh, we need to eat something. And uh, while these farmers are uh, trying to grow a potatoes or what they are trying to do, they are using uh, all types of pesticides uh, in order to, well, to have, uh, have uh, their business uh, intact. These are the realities of the world. Now, of course, uh, nature will remember now these uh, pesticides that are used 20 years ago will eventually end up in our uh, groundwater and then this groundwater needs to be treated. So this is, of course, uh, that's something that started like uh, academic idea a uh, couple of years ago till today that uh, we are 
looking at the numbers from uh, from different waterworks and finding out that uh, well the levels are quite high and uh, some of the water that we are actually going to intake in the next couple of years needs to be treated it needs to be treated uh, with our membranes and plus some other technologies most likely unfortunately so that means that today if you're making drinking water treatment in Denmark you could be removing those trace pesticides which are in, in the groundwater using your technology it's not as simple but in essence it is yeah uh, it is like that it's still um, a treatment of, the, of this water is people are trying to use uh, some uh, low cost technologies to to keep this treatment at minimum but this uh, treatment of the, of the groundwater will eventually come because at some point this uh, simple technologies uh, wouldn't be enough for this type of treatment so that's basically what we are looking at right now and uh, the innovation when it comes to innovation in that field we are looking to actually make our membrane uh, active uh, with the active catalyst layer which would be able to specifically target these compounds and this is the next step in uh, in a membrane evolution this is where lots of companies are looking at so actually let me guess that must be your new hybrid technology membrane that you're introducing right now actually no we are on our way there but this is our um, step to the that direction Active layer membranes are still on a, on a drawing board, uh, and it it's going to be something that we are going to look at uh, in the future, because uh, well, look at your podcast. Don't waste water. I mean, you'll need to uh, kind of keep lots of compounds that you have in wastewater, and these membranes that will eventually come will be able to actually target the compounds that you want to remove. So if you are working in the food sector, then you could target only, let's say, protein and let everything go through. So this would be next step. When it comes to hybrid technology membrane, uh, it's step between. Uh, hybrid technology membrane is, uh, first of all, it's an ultrafiltration membrane. Uh, we are placing it uh, below 100 nanometers, uh, which uh, we are not, we haven't done so with our commercial silicon carbide membrane. And that membrane, we are looking at uh, customers such as food and beverage industry, industry uh, such as dairies, where we can uh, look at uh, applications that were applications that previously weren't available for us due to different pore sizes that we had in, on our membrane. We'll come back to this uh, new type of membrane, but I'd just like to take just a step back and try to understand what you mentioned earlier as your the, the biggest chunk of your business right now, which is your silicon carbide technology. So for the really stupid, so that's me, sorry, <laughs> that means it's, it's ceramic membrane, right? It's ceramic membrane. And uh, it's not only a ceramic membrane, sometimes uh, there are different types of ceramics. Uh, usually they are made of... Uh, carbide, uh, which is uh, ours, and uh, oxides. And oxide, its uh, most uh, common membrane is made of uh, alumina oxide. And uh, then after that is uh, titania oxide, uh, then there is a zirconia membranes, and then there is a carbide membrane such as silicon carbide. What's unique about these membranes is that it tends to outperform also the other silicon carbide membranes. 
And uh, this is uh, very relevant in industries where pH values are very, very high, where uh, viscosity levels are high, where there is a problem with the oil levels, oil water. And uh, in general, the industries where you actually need your membrane to withstand everything you throw at it. And this is where we tend to excel. It's also, uh, if you look at our uh, business uh, portfolio right now, the markets, we are in, in oil industry, we are in power plants, uh, mining industry. So these are heavy industries, heavy industrial uh, sites, you can say. So you're at home in harsh conditions, if I get it right? Yes. Okay. Do you do the membrane only or also the module and the systems around? Uh, we are right now two companies. Uh, one is uh, where I'm sitting. We are solely producing silicon carbide membranes, while uh, Lictec Water are producing uh, systems and they are producing turnkey solutions uh, for our customers. Now, there is, of course, this everything in between which we share, but uh, usually uh, our customers so far at least, uh, would tend to say, you know what, we have this problem with this type of pollution, we need you to solve it for us. And we would come up with, uh, of course, uh, heart of our system would be silicon carbide membrane, but then we will, of course, uh, look at uh, several other technologies uh, for pre-treatment and after treatment, if necessary, such as RO membranes, uh, where it's necessary. Okay, you mentioned... Uh when we were discussing about Nasdaq and Dow Jones, you mentioned that water is, is a growing field. And I think it's true because uh, the, the concern, I mean, it's not a good news somehow. It means that we have always more problems with our water, so we need to treat it always more. But one of the fields which is the biggest growth over the, the last probably decade is membrane technology. But correct me if I'm wrong, the, the biggest chunk of those membranes are the polymer membranes, right? So if I'm very, very sketchy, for harsh conditions, you would go to ceramic membranes and, and eventually to your silicon carbide technology. And for, let's say, easy waters, you would go for polymer membranes. I, I mentioned in the beginning, I'm the stupid, so I might be totally wrong, but what's your take there? You're completely right. I mean, this is the history of the membrane. And what's important to understand that this is not, uh, this is not now me uh, talking as Lake Tech, but I'm talking about the whole ceramic industry. What happened uh, in the early days uh, in, uh, in membrane uh, world is that the numbers, the sheer volume of uh, produced membranes uh, were taken by uh, polymeric membranes. And this is due to several factors, but the fact is that it, they are easier to produce, one, and two, they are um, cheaper. And this goes kind of hand in hand. So this share volume tends to play quite significant role. For the ceramic uh, companies, uh, then uh, we needed to play catch up. And we did that for many, many years uh, where we would... Uh, uh, in order uh, for us to produce uh, membranes at low price, we need to have a constant order inflow, constantly to be able, let's say, to fill our furnaces because furnace mm -hmm. is the is the key when you produce uh, silicon or any uh, ceramic membrane. Uh, 
So, of course, uh, the bigger furnaces you, you have and the less firing power membrane, uh, the price goes down. Now, this tend to go, of course, uh, hand in hand with the price. So, in order for us to keep the price down, we need the order inflow, but we need to uh, fight with the already established market, which is the market for polymeric membrane. Now, for many years, we, we heard that uh, this is going to switch uh, towards a more uh, ceramic area, not only for the industries where polymeric membranes are excluded, but also places such as uh, municipal wastewaters, etc. And uh, since 2015-16, we've seen some uh, some big projects uh, delivered from some of our competitors, which could uh, look uh, like a good step for the future. And then, uh, of course, there is uh, us who have uh, a great value in in this uh, heavy polluted uh, or heavy industries. And of course, uh, while we are, uh, we, while we have these all these big projects, it will tend to to bring price down for ceramic membranes. And then, of course, this is like a snowball. It, all everything has a snowball mm-hmm. effect. Of course, it, when we bring our prices down, then of course we'll be able to offer our customers uh, more value uh, for their money. And then, uh, when you have uh, market acceptance. Uh, two ceramic membranes, then of course, uh, one helps the other. And that's just how it goes. The truth is that uh, if if we look at the market predictions right now, I mean, in the next couple of years, everybody expects that uh, market will still be dominated by, uh, well, a couple of uh, big, big companies. And uh, of course, these big, big companies, uh, they have consolidated their positions and they are using uh, uh, polymeric membranes, and that's that's just how it is. But then, uh, I'm quite optimistic when it comes to ceramic membranes, uh, whether it's us or our competitors. So let's make an exercise. Let's say I'm operating an industrial wastewater treatment plant, which is a good thing because in that podcast you you cannot imagine how many plants are already acquired. Uh, <laughs> but let's assume I'm operating such a plant, and I have polymer membranes since the the 90s. So uh, I'm 30 years in. Yeah, I'm, I c- cannot say that I have nasty experiences with them, but I'm not so happy neither. But what would be your top three arguments for me to switch from polymer to ceramic? Let's forget the price because I got your point with, with price and the flywheel and the fact that it's a numbers game. But what would be the, the top three technical arguments for me to switch? Well, the best arguments you can have is they, this, uh, these membranes are uh, indestructible. There is no downtime, essentially. There is no downtime. There is no uh, resting period, which you'll, you'll also see with the, with the polymeric membranes. So basically, you can run your operation, whatever it is, you can run it, I wouldn't say nonstop, but almost nonstop. Then uh, there is, uh, there is of course, uh, looking at, and you say, uh, let's not look at the money, but we need to look at the money. I mean, uh, the operation savings are quite high because of this. Uh, first of all, downtime is uh, low. Uh, second mm-hmm. of all, uh, the energy consumption is uh, much lower uh, than using polymeric membrane. And this is uh, due to a low pressure uh, okay. on the on the system. And then, uh, of course... 
I read this article uh, from from uh, a British professor where he said, well, well, people are just tired of operational problems when it comes to uh, polymeric membranes and they just want to switch to something that, that works. Now, it's not plain simple. You just switch one-to-one and then uh, everything work, works. Of course, it's not, it's not uh, in a perfect world. But uh, using these three arguments, I mean, there is no one who can state that they have no problem with downtime, they have no problem with high energy consumption, they have no problem with uh, changing uh, the membranes uh, often, uh, etc. So that's really bad for your long-term business. You sell a membrane and then you never have to replace them. You know, I've been working for a company which had this problem. Our systems were so sustainable that... We just never heard from our customers again. <laughs> I'm joking, but but you know, at some point, that's going to prevent the ultimate growth once you've populated the full earth with your your systems. <laughs> don't expect you to, <laughs> to to answer that that shitty question. Anton, Anton, there there is plenty of water out there. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Last year, the world spent uh, $1.5 billion on membranes. This is only last year. And it's not like this is going away. It's not like market is, uh, is everybody's using membrane. Well, what uh, we can say for sure that uh, there are more and more people needing water in general, <laughs> but uh, clean water well also us in europe we will we will experience water shortages it's just matter it's just matter of time so so even in denmark as i said we 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 will experience that quality of water will go down so there is a plenty of uh, opportunities so that argument that it's bad for our business that our customers are happy it's not really valid <laughs> so if i just put that in a nutshell the first argument is no downtime the second argument is it's predictable because you can just operate it. You don't have to have some afterthoughts. And at the end of the day, you have better operating costs because you can run with less pressure. Uh, yes, of course. So that was for silicon carbon technology or ceramic membranes, one of which, probably the best of which is silicon carbon technology. But you're introducing a new type of membrane. So that's called hybrid technology membrane. So if it's hybrid, I guess it's a mix of things. So what exactly is this hybrid technology membrane? Uh, well, uh, first of all, a bit history again. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I just need to tell uh, tell. No, that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2015, uh, we were invited to development projects in Denmark. Everybody who is anybody within the food sector, food and beverage sector, it was there. So that was your, your well, just to mention a company that you probably know, uh, well, let's say it's probably the best beer in the world. So Carlsberg were there, uh, amongst, uh, amongst others. So slaughterhouses were there. I just, I have to stop you there because <laughs> you started the podcast by claiming that the best restaurant in the world in Copenhagen, all the best <laughs> beer is in Denmark. You really want to... I'm, I'm sorry. Start that, a fight with me. But, uh, look, look, they say probably. I'm not arguing against probably. Okay. You cannot argue against that. And the best football club is in Liverpool in the world are using their own shirt. So come on, this is this is winning argument. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. no, no, no. Let's let, let's get no. So back in the back in 2015, we were invited to this. Uh, basically, it was a, a, an amazing project, development project. 
The idea was that food sector, food and beverage sector are going to reduce their use of fresh water intake by 25%. That was in 2015. Now, now of course, uh, nowadays, I mean, everybody, not everybody, but lots, lots of industries are looking at these numbers like their sustainability goals. So we entered the project with the, our silicon carbide membrane and we soon realized that actually our membrane is not suitable for these types of streams. And yeah, we could use our silicon carbide membrane as a pre-filtration, but we couldn't use it for this emerging business, uh, which is uh, protein up concentration, just just to say, state uh, something. And uh, this was a nice eye-opener. First of all, we had a chance to really talk to companies uh, who could... Uh, we could all be around the table and they could say, you know what, uh, guys, we think you can save, we can save money here and here and here. And they knew everything about that business. And we were water treatment people, so we know, knew everything about water. So sometimes it's just uh, taking uh, water uh, from one place and placing it in another place and then uh, saving uh, some water there. So it was really a nice, uh, nice exercise. But in the end, End of the day, we figure out, you know what, if we are going to be in this market, food and beverage industry in general, then we need to do our, something about our membrane. So we went back to the drawing board and start looking at different possibilities. Now, silicon carbide in general is a amazing material, but what's difficult with silicon carbide, it's, it's notoriously difficult to control. So if I'm uh, to produce uh, a membrane and say, well, I want a 100 nanometer membrane, I may succeed. But if I say I'm going to constantly switch between 80 nanometers, 120 nanometers and back to 100 nanometers, then I probably wouldn't be able to do it because it's very, very difficult uh, membrane uh, or material to work with. So we figured if we are going to enter industry, such as uh, food and beverage, then we need to have uh, several products on the shelf. And one of the criteria, and uh, there are some non-negotiables when it comes to our business, and one is that it needs to be completely chemically inert. That means that uh, you can throw whatever you want on, on the membrane, it needs to survive. And it needs to have a significant uh, uh, mechanical strength. And uh, we were looking at perfect materials and we had, uh, we had some ideas. So we chose a, a material that is very, very well known in the food sector, which is zirconia oxide. And this is food grade material, which means that it's, uh, it's easier to get your product uh, approved. I'm yeah. So you have an easier, easier way to approve your product by, by using something known. And the zirconia oxide is a, a known ceramics. But then again, we needed to keep everything that I said before. So this was basically the project. So create a perfect membrane that we need to have a, a below, first of all, below 100 nanometers. This is what the market expected from us. And then again, keep our uh, chemical resistance, mechanical resistance uh, intact. So not going to compromise with that. So we made this uh, version of the membrane that is able to check all these points. And uh, what's great feature about, about this type of membrane is uh, that now we can control it. So if there is a need for a, say, uh, 
range between uh, 40 to 100 nanometers, then we can apply this particular range. So to say it's going to be 70 or 80 or 90 or 100, which we couldn't do before with uh, with silicon carbide. So it opens you the door of the ultrafiltration, if I get you right, before you were doing, let's say, microfiltration. And now you can also do ultrafiltration or do I oversimplify it? Yes, that's a good way to put it. I mean, if you are going to put uh, ultrafiltration in one bracket, then you can say, yeah, we can we can do ultrafiltration uh, with our silicon carbide steel membrane. But you, you have to, I mean, we are co still calling it silicon carbide because majority of the membrane is silicon carbide still. So that means that basically you, you keep all the advantages of your material, which, by the way, you know well. And on top of that, you, you had a new capability, which is to be able to control the pore side. And that, that's what helps you to solve the issue in the wastewater reuse application inside specific segments such as food and beverage. Exactly. That was the idea. And that's, that's where we succeeded. So, so next, next step for us with the, with the hybrid technology is that to make um, market uh, open eyes for it. And the good way to start is, is, uh, is food and beverage industries, and we already have have some some very nice uh, ideas on uh, and very nice partnerships with with several end users uh, about this uh, potential technology. So you've released your marketing launch a couple of weeks ago. What about your your product roadmap? Where are you right now? Is the product already there? Is it off the shelf? Can it be ordered? Or do you have some flagship projects you are working on? This is going to be next step is more on development of applications than uh, the development of the product. So it's, it's going okay. to be uh, our guys in uh, Lictic Water are going to make several tests at uh, several different industries and um, uh, their industry being one of them to find the perfect uh, fit for these types of membranes. But then this is only start, of course. So you mentioned that you have many branches into Lictic and you just said that there's this other LeakTech, LeakTech Water, which is going to look at the applications. If I understood right, your, your website, which is beautiful, by the way, <laughs> there's also LeakTech plastic manufacturing. So you have plastic manufacturer, you have the water systems, and you have the membranes, which all together build a full stack company from A to Z. Is that the vision? Or do you also work agnostically with other players in the market? These uh, companies are there because it, they make a lot of sense uh, to what we do. So in general, again, a bit history, uh, Lictic, uh, which is now Lictic Ceramics, uh, which is based in Copenhagen, we existed since uh, 1999, so early 2000. It's 20 years now, so we existed for 20 years. And uh, in 2014, we acquired Lictic Water. Uh, so they, they were our customers. Basically, this engineering companies company which uh, which provided the system, and by doing that, uh, of course, we entered a, a whole new field, uh, pool and spa area where they they were really really amazing, and then uh, several years later, now now we have uh, twenty twenty. Uh, we did basically more or less uh, the same thing with the uh, now Lictic Plastic because uh, Lictic Plastic uh, were already component provider to our systems. 
So we kind of integrated this company into our system. So the basic idea is, of course, to have all the knowledge in-house, which, of course, uh, makes in the end makes a customer happy because we can we can plan everything to a, from A to Z uh, by ourselves and deliver everything by ourselves. So that means that in the span of five years, you've acquired uh, Lictic Water, you've acquired Lictic Plastics, which helped you to build the, the full package solution. You've developed the hybrid technology membrane. You've found a, a very good use case at Carlsberg. <laughs> so, you know, I have, apart from my hobby of acquiring plants in, 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 in every interview, I have a, an, another hobby, which is uh, I have my crystal ball. And with my crystal ball, I can let you have a look to where Lictic will be in five years. So what's your vision? Where are you heading? Well, <laughs> we are we are we are heading towards uh, being first of all uh, most uh, uh, dominative uh, ceramic membrane uh, provider. Uh, there's, That's bold. <laughs> there, there, there's no doubt about that. But then uh, we are we are aiming at uh, and uh, developing uh, new markets, uh, and we are also aiming on developing uh, new uh, solutions uh, to our customers which are not necessarily only solely based uh, on membranes, but to be able for our customers uh, to choose a full portfolio of different uh, technologies uh, in the water sectors. I, I think still within five years, we are focusing uh, in, in areas uh, where is uh, industrial wastewater. This is m most natural fit. But again, I think we in five years, we'll have a whole portfolio of different uh, solutions for our customers. Can I ask a very stupid question? Let's say, I'm not, not really oversimplifying, but you, you had the, the microfiltration, now you have the ultrafiltration. What's next? Nanofiltration, reverse osmosis? Is it something which is achievable with uh, ceramic material? When it comes to the reverse osmosis, uh, it's, uh, it's probably a bit stretch. Actually, I was asked by, by, by this uh, amazing engineer I had a meeting with uh, yesterday. He said, why not? Well, there, there, are, there are some limitations. <laughs> uh, and some professors in, the, in, in Holland will, uh, will now, uh, now, now laugh if they ever heard, heard this because uh, we had these ideas on, on the table for, for several years. Next step is definitely going uh, to be nanofiltration within... Um, Uh, ceramic membranes it's it's already in the in the market but then we'll uh, have again our own flavor and our own take uh, on these types of membranes that that's the where where we are heading and then don't forget uh, from the start of the interview i said uh, uh, we are probably also going to have some sort of active layer on on our membrane where we can target uh, specific uh, components uh, that are that are unhealthy So that would be really aiming, because you mentioned the microplastics, but the microplastics are a physical pollution, which means can be sorted out with, with membrane pretty logically. But you mentioned also pesticides, and there I think you need to have a kind of active something, which is also targeting those compounds. So that's the next frontier with selective membranes, if I get you right. Is that science fiction, or is it something which is really coming in the next decade? Definitely not science fiction. Science fiction would be ceramic reverse osmosis membrane, uh, <laughs> and not not because it's uh, it's not doable. Because uh, I, I honestly think that uh, reverse osmosis membrane are good as they are. Uh, so we would offer uh, 
pre-treatment solutions that will that will prolong the life and uh, make life easier for these operators. So there is probably not really need. I don't see a need out there. But uh, active layer on a membrane, this is not definitely not sci-fi. We already have a couple of projects we are looking at, and we are working on the development with uh, uh, through a Eurostar program, a European uh, with European Union. So, so this is something that we already can see developing. So it's not it's definitely not sci-fi. So when when shall we schedule our next interview to discuss those new membrane types? Two years, five years? Uh well, well time flies. Uh, say let's say um, in in two years we will definitely have a a new product on on the, on the shelves, and this it's going to be much more amazing than uh, what we have on our portfolio right now. It will even beat what we have in in uh, HTM membrane. That's a really really appealing take. So, okay, uh, I think I have nothing in my calendar for twenty twenty two so so far. So. <laughs> just before Christmas, just before Christmas, and then uh, then we'll 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 talk there. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, and after that, we'll have a, we'll have a lunch. I know this amazing restaurant. Hey, well, <laughs> it sounds like a deal. <laughs> um, Aris, if it's fine with you, I'd like to switch to the rapid fire questions. Yeah. It's time for the rapid fire questions. So actually for the rapid fire questions, the rule is pretty simple. I try to keep the questions short. So uh, preferably if you can keep the answers short, that's good as well. You'll see that the one which is always deviating from the script is me. So don't worry. I'm not going to close the microphone if you want to explain a bit longer. <laughs> so first, what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why? Uh, most exciting project is a project uh, called uh, LBL, which was a project with, uh, among others, which was with the LeakTech and Penter Xflow. And uh, this project uh, was uh, very successful in terms of uh, developing a new membrane. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't successful for LeakTech, but it gave us an idea on uh, how to work with our with our membrane uh, in order to come to close to this uh, Pentarex flow membrane. What is your favorite part of your current job? Uh, working every day with the most amazing scientists. You mean scientists uh, in-house, externally? Both, both. There is absolutely amazing uh, there are amazing scientists out there which i have uh, lots of them i have on my speed dial uh, and i couldn't imagine this uh, just just 10 years ago it's, it's just an amazing feeling okay so speaking with all the scientists you will have a very good answer to the next one which is what is the trend to watch out in the water industry Trend, uh, well, I can state only for, for the membrane industry. Trend for the membrane industry is uh, more sustainable uh, production, uh, which means uh, less chemicals uh, and uh, more reuse, uh, which in the end will, uh, will fit nicely towards uh, a better products uh, and which goes full circle uh, from production to customers and back to the production. So that was for the membrane industry, but for the water industry, would you have a, a take, a guess? Yeah, I will take a shot. I think we'll see uh, 
steep incline in uh, water technology, uh, what different types of water technology uh, throughout the world. We will also see come back to Europe, uh, where I think uh, within the next five years it could potentially be a growth market uh, due to different legislations that are envisaged will come shortly. Okay. So what is the thing you care about the most when you're working on a new project or developing a new product? And what is the one you care the least? The thing I care about most is, well, that's easy one, is, uh, is the environment. That's the thing I, I care about the most. Uh, it, it, it will get me going. Uh, uh, luckily, I have uh, from time to time, I wouldn't say several times a year because it's from time to time. I'm sitting uh, around the table with uh, legislators uh, from Europe, but also from uh, from Denmark, and I'm asked uh, what are technological capabilities uh, of different systems, and I'll provide them answer, knowing very well that uh, this is also where legislation will come uh, next time around, because uh, legislator will only place it what's achievable for the world. And, uh, and not, not more. And of course, you cannot legislate for something that is not out there. So this this is one of the feeling that you uh, that in my job I really feel that I can I can make a change uh, for the for the better. Uh, that's that's the most amazing feeling of my job. And what is the thing you care the least? Oh my God! What's the 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 least? No, I'm 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 very excited about lots of things. Well, let's see. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I need to say, uh, I, I, I want to say uh, our local sandwich shop is not what, what, what I care about least, but the guys are ordering from there. But then I, sometimes they do order great sandwiches. So that's not even that. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it answers your question. Okay, so I, I'll count that as a joker. <laughs> Do you have sources to recommend to keep up with the water and wastewater market trends? Do I have sources? I tend to read uh, Global Water Intel. That's my uh, that's kind of my Bible, uh, digital Bible, I have to say. Uh, then there are plenty of reports from uh, Frost and Sullivan that I, that I tend to read. Then there are quite a few national uh, small. Uh, uh, usually digital uh, sites or papers there that you can get uh, lots of information about uh, about our industry. And last question, would you have someone to recommend that we should definitely invite as soon as possible? Yeah, I think uh, you could invite um, some of our uh, local guys from Denmark. I think uh, I can... Um, I can provide you a couple with a couple of names, but I have uh, I have this uh, amazing company that are uh, making uh, energy out of uh, salt water and fresh water. So this is uh, this is the step uh, next step in uh, in a global uh, energy solutions, uh, which I'm I'm quite amazed about. Okay, you got me hooked. So I'm looking for your recommendation. So. Aris, it was a very interesting interview on my end. I discovered many things which I totally ignored about silicon carbide technology and now even hybrid technology membranes. So thanks a lot for that. If people want to follow up with you, where can they find you? I'm very uh, active on LinkedIn and I think 
a mountain out uh, uh, lick tech guy and uh, so if if somebody wants to wants to look uh, for lick tech uh, that's l i q t c h for linkedin please follow our page and uh, you'll find lots of interesting stuff well i'll put the links in the in the episode notes as well and um, that's a nice way to conclude our session thanks a lot haris we have a an appointment for 2022 you have to take me to a very nice restaurant i heard so <laughs> i'm not forgetting that one all right <laughs> all right thank you very much cheers thanks a lot Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time.